Flexibility and networking opportunities have made co-working spaces hotspots for startups, where they can quickly scale their product and team while being offered services that enable them to grow even faster. But other than cheap office space, free coffee and fast Wi-Fi, what is it that makes a good co-working space that can support innovation? What are the important ingredients and what is the right recipe to bring them together? Welcome back to the Nordic Innovation Lab, where we explore the secrets behind the Nordic success in promoting innovation and entrepreneurship. I'm happy to welcome Jessica Blechenberg, who is the Chief Network Officer at Maria01, an entrepreneurial community with a base in Helsinki, which aims to become one of the largest European growth and technology hubs. Jessica has been repeatedly recognized as one of the Nordic's most impactful people in tech and takes us through the story of Maria01 from founding to expansion. We also talk about what makes a great community and why the community was so important for Finland's startup revolution in the first place. I'm super happy that this worked out, Jessica. Um, before we really get into Maria01, I gotta ask you though, what is it that a chief network officer does? It's a good question. People tend to ask me, like, what, what is a chief network officer, CNO? What do you actually do? Mm. Um, and I think it's always fair to say, like, uh, related to Maria01, our, our team and operations have grown uh, a lot uh, for mm. the last couple of years. And about a one year ago, to be uh, exact, we, we realized that there's a lot what comes to our community and network uh, mm. potential. Um, that we could, you know, put more efforts into, and hence we decided to to sort of like start a small team within our larger team that would be focusing more on the partnerships, the investor network, mm-hmm. uh, and taking more care of the startup operations and all the relations to all of our community members. Mm-hmm. So, um, in a nutshell, that's that's what I'm doing, and 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 my team uh, taking care of the community and ensuring that people uh, within Maria Zero One knows each other uh, and can be connected, uh, mm-hmm. and just create better businesses together, whether they are a startup, uh, scale up, a corporation, investor, or an ecosystem player. Exactly. And now we got to talk about Maria Zero One, right? Um, I mean, what what is it about? Of course, it's it's somewhat of an office space. I heard you sitting in a in a pretty cool old hospital um, in the middle of Helsinki. But uh, tell us why what what Maria Zero One is, and why it is uh, is it more than just a co working space? It's a good question. So Maria Zero One was uh, established uh, in 2016. Uh, and as you mentioned uh, about the hospital, yes, we are located in an, in an old hospital, one of the oldest ones uh, in Finland, to, to, to be exact. And uh, yeah, there used to be hospital operations, but there was a new campus being built uh, more downtown uh, in the city. Mm. Uh, and at the same time, the city of Helsinki was really thinking that, okay, we really want to put more more emphasis on like startups, innovation, and bring people together. And at the same time, the local startup community was also sort of like thinking the exact uh, the same. So uh, mm-hmm. let's say that the city and the community were joining forces, uh, and the community took over the hospital in 2016, and eventually wanted to build a place where startups and investors uh, would be working and sitting together. That mm-hmm. was sort of like the the first idea to to get the people uh, under the same roof. Mm. And um, I think it's a funny story. Like eventually when uh, Maria Zero was founded, it was like a 
uh, one to two person team and the CEO mm. back then was just basically walking into an empty hospital that had like weird hospital machines in the hallway, <laughs> hospital beds. Uh, it looked like a ghost town, yeah. uh, to be honest. Um, and he just selected a desk, a chair and sat down and was basically just inviting uh, startups uh, from mm -hmm. the community to sort of like welcome them to join Maria Zero One. That's going to be the largest startup campus in the Nordics in the future. Mm -hmm. And eventually just been growing ever since. And today we are representing uh, 170 startups. Mm. Uh, most of them are early stage startups. So that's uh, the sort of phase that we're focusing on. Um, in addition to that, we have 12 VC funds headquartered at Maria Zero One. Yeah, so they're okay. actually having their offices there. And some of their portfolio companies are also located at Maria Zero One. Then we also have uh, relevant ecosystem players who are sort of like a great support network for the startups, whether it mm -hmm. comes to, you know, organizing relevant tech events, hackathons or accelerator programs. Um, and in addition to that, we also work with corporations. Uh, mm -hmm. So we like to say that we are community house for for the tech people. So uh, incubating mm -hmm. startups, investors, uh, ecosystem players and partners at Moria right. Zero One today. Impressive. I mean, you already uh, gave us a little tour through the numbers here um, from 2016 to today. Um, it's it's a, I mean, hell of a growth journey also for you, not only the companies probably that are headquartered um, at Maria Zeron, but um, you also have much bigger plans for the future, right? So I... Uh, you already sort of mentioned it in a in a in a sentence there that uh, Maria Zero One is going to be the biggest startup campus in Europe or in, at least in the Nordics. What what's that about? What's the timeline on that? Um, what can we expect uh, in the future from the heart of Helsinki? Yeah, yeah. So there's some actually some very exciting plans related to to the area around Maria Zero One. So for the last uh, couple of years already, there's been in talks that there's going to be built a larger startup campus that would you know bring even more relevant players um together under one roof um and it was actually in the beginning of the fall that it was actually approved by the city that this is actually now going to happen and the campus is going to be built which is obviously very excited for yeah. for us as well because we are part of the consortium but also for the local uh startup ecosystem here in helsinki that mm -hmm. Even if Marisaron is is fairly big nowadays, it's it, in terms of area and district, it's going to be even more impactful and related to like who are going to be part of the campus in the future. It's just going to be more sort of startups, obviously, but also scale ups. Um, and then I'm very sure that there's going to be more sort of like R and D teams uh, and also corpor corporations with their labs and whatnot mm -hmm. uh, to be located at Maria Zero One. But also what's fun is like uh, related to the plants that there's going to be even more nicer like services also mm -hmm. part uh, of the campus related to, for instance, a sauna, which we don't have at Maria Zero One at the moment. <laughs> oh, very nice very impressive uh, or very uh, important for Finns, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> so we always get the question, where is the sauna? Yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> Um, and other nice services. So I think like also as a district for Helsinki, it's going to be, uh, you know, even nicer and a place yeah. for everybody to come who are who wants to be part of the startup and, and mm. tech scene at mm. the core of the city. Exactly. And, and if we travel a bit back in time, so so let's um, let's talk about who started this in the first place. You talked a bit about this journey going into the first day into the uh, empty ghost town of, of the hospital and then starting. But 
I mean, somebody had to have this vision and somebody also has to put in the money, of course, to to realize yeah. this. So what me, what interests me, of course, in this podcast is also finding out who are the who are the drivers of innovation who puts money in this who trusts you to to build something out of you know from scratch and why do they think startups is is the way to go so if you can give us a Ooh. bit of a background who who are the backers behind maria zero one and and why do they believe um that this is a good way to spark innovation or what what do they hope to get out of it yeah it's a it's a good question. So I mentioned that the city has played a obviously mm. a significant role in terms of like, you know, giving the the local community the opportunity to take over a hospital and sort of like create a community uh, together. Um, and what comes to Maria Zero One and our owners, uh, we have basically three owners, which. One of them is the city of Helsinki, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, then we have Enterprise Helsinki and Startup Foundation. And Startup mm -hmm. Foundation is also, for instance, backing uh, Slush here in Helsinki mm -hmm. and uh, Junction and other really cool um, startup initiatives. And then um, Startup Maria, uh, like the limited companies, is, is sort of like the operating um, owner there, which come, which is obviously Maria Zero One, so us taking care of the house, uh, mm -hmm. etc. Um, but as I mentioned, yes, the city really wanted to put more emphasis on startups and you know support the local uh, community. And and you know, I think what's not a better place than give give an old empty big house, which eventually will turn into one of the best and greatest. Uh, community houses in Helsinki. Um, and I think like in general, the Helsinki startup scene and the Finnish startup scene is, is very unique in that sense that we always had this, you know, paid forward culture that it's about mm -hmm. helping and supporting each other. And there is not like this competitive agenda or people are very yeah. supportive uh, with each other. And we are well connected to, well, everybody in Helsinki, but also around Finland to ensure mm -hmm. that um, there are like, good relations between one another and we can support each other. And I think at least a very interesting case is that uh, in Tampere, which is a city about like up more up north, but not mm -hmm. far away from Helsinki, uh, two hours with the train, they're also operating uh, or like opening up uh, a similar place like Maria Zero One called Platform Six. Mm -hmm. um, and now in terms of them them being new uh, and the, the, the kind of like new people, here it's sort of nice to also give them support and tell them mm -hmm. about the best practices of how to actually make it work um, and make it happen um, but also like previously um, the community here and startup scene has very like student run in that mm -hmm. sense for instance slush has been run by the students at Alt university uh, in the first place and now run sort of like jointly by or representing all the universities here in the scene and uh yeah, all the startup activities were very focused around uh, the universities and the campuses. Mm -hmm. So I think it's also nice now uh, when there's Maria Zero One and, you know, a place to kind of like take things to the next level and, and for mm -hmm. the VCs and startups to be be together and have great encounters uh, in Absolutely. that sense. And that we are all in it together to kind of like make make the startup scene just a better better mm -hmm. place. 
I mean, you you name dropped the word community quite a lot, and I'm I'm curious to find out why this community exists in Finland because that s- seems to be somewhat also of the secret uh, ingredient in a way um, why Maria Zero One got started, but also why many other things work. Um, also, the student led uh, initiatives, like you mentioned, Slash, one of the biggest, uh, if mm. not the biggest, uh, startup conference um, in in Europe, at least in the Nordics. Um, so, why do you think this? kind of community spirit exists is it because it's just so small that you need to collaborate to get out there is it because uh people just love collaborating like what is what is the is it is it cultural thing um why does this strong community exist in in finland or in helsinki excellent question well if we think about it like helsinki Uh, and Finland in general, it's a it's a small country, uh, not a big place. And in the end, everybody in the community knows each other or are one introduction away to a serial mm. founder or an investor or some other community players. And I think like Slush is a great case in terms of how it was founded. Like back in the days, it mm. was a bunch of entrepreneurs in a living room thinking that we need to create an event where we will be meeting investors because mm. there was not access to funding um in in Finland uh, or international VC money back then. And what they did was eventually creating an event and inviting their investor friends to Helsinki. Uh, And eventually that grew and became very successful, Mm -hmm. the event in itself, but also the entrepreneurs' businesses. So they didn't have time to organize the event anymore. Mm -hmm. So what they did was give that over to the students, like, hey, here's a working concept. Can you make it happen the next year? And eventually Slush became a great success. But then... If you think about the Nordics, like we're all very small, small countries. So it doesn't make any sense to be sort of like competing with each other because Mm -hmm. in the end, together, we can sort of like compare ourselves as a larger tech hub uh, on a global scale. What comes Mm -hmm. to, you know, population, uh, amount of unicorns coming from the region. We are sort of like uh, they're really competing with the larger uh, hubs, uh, etc., And I think it's sort of like the mindset there, which has eventually ensured that the companies are succeeding in terms of paid forward culture. Yeah. You know, if you made it, it's your sort of like responsibility to help future entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And sort of like the community has always been about building from like bottom up yeah. and not having up to bottom sort of building and some larger entities or enterprises or uh, governments telling uh, the community what to do, but having the freedom of creating whatever is needed. And also like in general, the sort of attitude towards entrepreneurship has changed a lot uh, during the last uh, 10 years. Like for instance, if you went to a classroom and asked a bunch of students, like, would you consider yourself become an entrepreneur? Even 10 mm. years ago, there was not a lot of hands up in the air. Yeah. But now if you do it, it's it's much more it's money. Thing, oh, much, yeah. Yeah. Yes, much more hands are like yeah. up there and people really are sort of like, you know, I'd like to say sort of that for the last 15-ish years, we've been going through a, like an entrepreneurial revolution. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about, you know, creating uh, companies uh, and why a tech, you know, we create companies that will make the world a better or smarter or a, a better place. And, mm-hmm. and people are more like, you know, want to have that impact. Might also be somewhat related to, to the generation in, in general. But what I think is great is that... Uh, it's fairly easy nowadays to even get started. And in, in the universities even, I think like the universities here in Helsinki are a great example mm-hmm. of, you know, 
uh, having societies and organizations that are encouraging students towards entrepreneurship. Like the Alta University is a it's a great place. They have like startup sauna, uh, which mm-hmm. most of the startup initiatives are being run from. Slush was there back in the day. The startup sauna accelerator program was there back in the days. Uh, we had Kiwas Accelerator, which is one of the most active accelerator programs in Finland, are are being located there. Startup Lifers, who ensures that mm-hmm. uh, students in the university are going to San Francisco and the Bay Area to do internships in startups there. Eventually, when they come back. They might start a company yep. right away or maybe in the next 10 years. So it's like, you know, a place to go filled with opportunities where people can sort of like test and try whether it's about doing an internship at a startup or starting mm. their own startup. And mm. uh, I think it's a great, you know, test bed as well for the people to try and see, is this really my thing? Uh, but it's not obviously always about, uh, you know, starting a company right after you graduate from the university. Uh, you might do that in the next 10, 20 mm. 30 years, but mm-hmm. at least it also sparks sort of an entrepreneurial attitude and mindset yeah. uh, for the for the people. And that's great, whether you're going to do a corporate career or, you know, work for the government in general. So I think mm-hmm. like the universities have a very crucial role uh, in terms of this, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I also read a couple of times, and I don't know how much of this is actually contributing to it, but um, especially the big tech firms, and, and in Finland's case, um, Nokia, and in Sweden's case, also Ericsson and others, whenever they went through, you know, when there was a depression um, and, and jobs were lost, these were the people that then, you know, started the first generation founders. Is is that something that kickstarted this latest um, revolution that you talked about? Yes, obviously the things are very... Uh, proud about the the Nokia case mm. and the the sex success it had uh, had back in the days and yes as you mentioned like I think there's a phrase saying that the sort of like fall of Nokia was the rise of the startup scene yeah. uh, in Finland because uh, there was obviously a lot of like different um, you know headquarters around Finland that you know for instance in Oulu there was a lot of people that were employed by Nokia and once you know they decided to close some of the offices etc people were obviously figuring out what am I going to do next. Yep. But what Nokia did was that they had these, you know, various patents, etc., and they gave those to the sort of like former employees and they could mm. start their companies around that. And that mm. has obviously been a very key success factor in terms of people starting starting the companies because they were great talent uh, yep. all, all around Finland, um, which is very important to to always mention about and eventually getting these patents, etc., they could start the companies around that and and have sort of like a competitive uh, edge to it as well. Um, and I think, yeah, it's it's a great story hmm. uh, and something and, and I'm sure we're then, proud of. Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. Um, and and since then, basically, the these first gen gen founders, like you said, have been paying it forward. That's a big part of the culture as well and i also read that um i don't know if that's still the case or if that is uh, a bit a bit in the past but that usually your companies that that sit at maria one they only sit there for two to three years uh, and then they're encouraged to move out and make room for new companies to move in smaller companies so once you know you grow i don't know what the the size is that you would be kicked out or encouraged to leave um, but basically is, is that part of this pay it forward culture for you as well <laughs> I love the phrasing of kicking people out. Um, <laughs> it's not literally what we do, but there's sort of like, yes, a, a truth into it. But yes, we like to put it 
in that way that the idea is that the people come to Maria Zero One and they will grow out of it. Mm-hmm. So when you're in an early stage uh, phase, obviously it's it's very <laughs> important for you to have a place and office mm-hmm. to go to, uh, even despite the times people like to have a place uh, to work from. Uh, but in addition to that, obviously peer support is very relevant. You know, meeting fellow founders, fellow CTOs, uh, you know, salespeople, etc. So I think like the network of the peer uh, support that we have in our community is is one of the you know best kept secrets, uh, so mm. to say, of our community. And it's also one of the reasons why people want to be at Maria Zero One. Um, because of the the great network of peers there, um, but then obviously you know access to funding or other people within our community also is playing a very crucial role. But in the end, the plan is that when they come, uh, they will grow out. Whether it's mm. in terms of you know being recruiting more uh, or whatnot, but to sort of like grow out of the community, and we like to give them. Uh, sort of three years uh, time, which also is is the time for a company to go from like seed stage to maybe even raising their first Series A. But once you sort of like grow out of the community, you are still part of the community yeah. uh, and an active alumni then, network. Then that pay it forward model probably kicks in again. Exactly, exactly. And yeah. it's been great to see when these companies have been sort of like, okay, we need a bigger office for like 100 people now. Yeah. And obviously that's not <laughs> something that we can provide provide them with no. but they're like but we still want to be active of the you know network you yeah. know have access to slack and access to the events and access to the network here and we sort of like give them a a lifelong membership mm-hmm. uh, as an alumni uh, when they've been growing out what do you then say success for for Maria is one is is basically that you know the startups don't need you anymore um it, it's it's a bit weird because in, if you think about traditional retention right you want to keep the customers as long as you as you can but is it for you in a way of course i mean still being connected with a community but is is your aim your your how would you define success for yourself is it that the startups can stand on their own feet that they can actually move out is is that a sign of success for you or how would you define that it's a great question because in the end, it's not us who are making the companies succeed. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's themselves. We can provide them with the networks and the events and other support, uh, which will eventually support them um, on their growth. And that is uh, obviously very, very important. But in the end, it's the companies who are doing it themselves. But obviously, you know, the the matchmaking that can happen within the community, the person you might meet when you go after coffee from the kitchen, you know, you never really know who you're going to bump bump yeah. into. So I think like we like to call Maria Zero One sort of as a platform as well, because mm-hmm. it's a place where you can come and, and you never really know who you're going to meet. And, you know, once you get in Maria, into Maria Zero One, you're part of a really unique um, network. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also mentioned that, you know, obviously for our company, it's important that we keep the companies in house so we can, you know, maintain our, our business. Yeah. Uh, but actually for the last year or so, uh, we have so many people applying to be members at Maria Zero mm-hmm. and it's breaks us, breaks our heart when we can't, uh, take somebody in because we're full capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I think a great example, like in the beginning of the year, we had 130 startups, and now we're at 170. Mm. Uh, and we just mean, and that through COVID. I mean, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But obviously, we're also thinking about, you know, um, how can we be more, you know, digitally better? Mm. Because 
even if we can't accept a great company or yeah. even scale up into our community, like as a physical member, there needs to be a way, or we want obviously there to be a way how we can uh, still keep the people in our network. And, you know, obviously the digital membership uh, is mm. in sort of our roadmap, yeah. how it's going to yeah. look like, etc. in the future is still sort of a question mark. Um, but yeah, we've been getting very interesting requests, not even from people within Finland or Nordics, but around Europe of people who wants to to be connected to the networking community, uh, etc. Yeah. If I mean, if you if you're saying you know platform, there's always you know it's a multi-sided model, something that investors also hear uh, like to hear a lot. But uh, let's talk about these multi-sides that you bring together on the platform, because you you just said it's also important to have the right fit uh, for the different parts that come together. So I'm guessing, of course, you know startups, uh, like you said, is is the one of the most important target group. You also talked about VCs, uh, many of them even having the headquarters um some others having desks but if you if we go through the different sort of ingredients uh, that make up this great platform this network that you talk about what what comes together um and you know how how do you connect them uh with each other excellent question um so as i mentioned like 170 startups in an early stage phase uh, that is a lot mm. um and we get a lot of questions. Oh, okay. Are you representing some specific industries? Yeah. You know, do you do gaming, fintech, etc.? But uh, we don't focus on any like industry specifically. We are representing, I'd say everything. Obviously, mostly, most of the companies are B2B SaaS, which is sort of yeah. what, what the most of the fin- Finnish companies um, are nowadays. Uh, but if, but if yeah. you have a filter, then it's probably more on the stage, right? On on like, uh, like you said, depending on the size of the offices that you have, it's it's pre-seed, seed companies up to yeah. 50, maybe 100, but probably uh, around that 50 employees max, uh, I'm guessing. Yes. Okay. Yes. And uh, I think like, for instance, when we work with the investors, you mentioned, yeah, we have the in-house yeah. uh, VCs who have their actual headquarters there, um, which makes Maria Zero One a unique place in itself because mm-hmm. it's not only them having a membership, they are actually yeah. working uh, nine to five, so yeah. to say, uh, from Maria Zero One. And I think that also says a lot about the mentality of the communities and VCs being active community players themselves, mm-hmm. that it's not anymore them being like located in their ivory towers mm-hmm. next to, you know, some fancy office in the like city center of Helsinki, but they really want to be connected to the the companies and they want to get to know the early stage companies because eventually if they're not doing the investments right away, they might do those uh, in the next years mm-hmm. and they want to uh, establish these connections to the great teams uh, and founders of the house, which is one of the reasons also why the VCs wants to be headquartered at Maria Zero One to, you know, be part of the community, give back to the community in terms of events that we're hosting also together with them, but also to have these encounters with the early stage uh, startup teams. But also in addition to that, we work with some uh, investor network members that we like to call them, which are 
uh, VCs that are not physically present in mm-hmm. Helsinki or Finland, but they want to invest either more in Nordic companies or, you know, be on top of the game of understanding what's happening in Finland yep. and the Nordic startup yep. scene. And the interest there for them to be part of the Maria Zero One is very different. Some of them, yes, they want to have the sort of deal flow and access to the list of startups in-house. Um, and then we can arrange one-on-one meetings with them or events, etc., mm-hmm. to sort of like bring them also closer uh to one another but then like some VCs they just want to hear what's happening in Helsinki yeah. what's happening at Maria 01 Finland Nordics what are some of the great you know early stage teams coming from the region at the moment mm-hmm. what technologies are trending something we should know so we are sort of like their local eyes and ears uh, mm-hmm. and sort of like are giving them insights into what is happening uh, in the region so not only Maria 01 um, uh, alone and that has also been well, very, very great to work on for the last one and a half years that we've been yeah. working with this. I, I mean, that that was a follow-up question I had, but you kind of answered it already now, but I'm going to go deeper in it a little bit. Um, so so the, the international part of this, because uh, one one thing is, of course, to tightly connect the, the Finnish uh, or maybe the Nordic um, entrepreneur scene and, and to put these people together in a room. But, you know, they, they have close proximity anyway, but it's also the international funds, uh, especially that you want to attract to Finland to, to invest in these companies, because if especially with larger rounds, um, we need also out, outside money. We need maybe to uh, to to have expansion to other countries where these VCs can help, um, since Finland is so so small. Um, but then the yeah the question is, I, I also read um, uh, at a quote. I don't know if it's from from the former CEO. Don't remember, but he he said. Uh, yeah, if if you're a VC and you land at Helsinki Airport and then you 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 know where where do you go if you have one day, um and and that was the vision was to to make Maria Zero One that um so a meeting place for these international investors and you just said the two things that come out of that is obviously deal flow from your members or from the members of your extended network as well as the, this kind of knowledge hub um where you have your eyes and ears everywhere and then share that with the international. Uh, investors is that a fair assumption to make yeah i would say so um like i had many times when i've been walking into to the reception and restaurant of maria zero one and i i bump into some nordic investor or founder that i i got to know whilst working at slush back in the days and it's i sort of like love it that whenever you get into Maria Zero One, you never know who you're going to bump into. Like, even though it's not a member, somebody outside who is crucial or, you know, uh, relevant from the ecosystem uh, will be there because Mm -hmm. most of their meetings will be located at Maria Zero One, Mm -hmm. whether they're coming to meet other VCs or startups. um, They have like 70% of those meetings are taking place at Maria Zero One. And Mm -hmm. once they're at Maria Zero One, they like to schedule all the other meetings then, you know, to our restaurant or use our like open working space to kind of like take those meetings from. And that's obviously what we want as well to, you know, Maria Zero One to be a place for everybody, anybody to come uh, Mm -hmm. for a day or two to be working from and, and connect with the people in our community. Also, of course, outside the community, um, but yeah, it is, as you mentioned, um, like a, a place where they would go to when mm. they come to Helsinki. Um, and yeah, like everybody knows very well Slush and yeah. 
everybody also knows that a lot of the great after after parties have been taking place <laughs> at Maria Zero One. So we're very, yeah. of course, uh, grateful for this uh, great uh, partnership we had with our sister organization Slush back in the days, which also have obviously left a good mark for our community and the visitors to know that, okay, Maria Zero One is a good place for parties, of course, but also the place to go when you want to meet up with the local people. It's like the 365-day version of Slush in, in a way. Um, so that, yeah. B before I get uh, back to the, I, I want to just quickly touch upon the meeting situation because probably COVID has done some changes there. And then I just want to, you know, but before we dive into that, I just wanted to ask about these other ecosystem partners that come together. So um, except the startups, except the investors, who else? In the beginning, we talked a little bit about, you know, other um bigger corporates there are R&D centers who else um, is interested to to come and and either learn uh, from from companies or invest in them or work with them um, who else is there except the startups and the uh, the investors excellent question so um, a big part of our stakeholders is also the the, the partners that we mm -hmm. like to call them um, and they're sort of divided into two groups we have the corporate partners and service providers mm -hmm. Um, the corporate partners are uh, larger corporations that are part of the, the network. So they have like, you know, access to the community and the house and, you know, has, have a couple of desks uh, at the common working area. But in addition to that, uh, it's not only about, you know, giving them access to the house, but sort of like coming up with various events, concepts, programs that would help them grow and our startups and community grow mm -hmm. Um, together and I think like you know whether it's focused around open innovation and matchmaking and you know perhaps you know bringing a larger company and a startup together to pilot something together or whether it's around you know focusing on uh, internal venturing which we like to call it so focusing on the employees of these uh, corporations mm. to kind of like explore their own entrepreneurial um mindset um which is actually a program that we've been running now for cool. the last year or so where we actually uh have a venturing program to these uh, corporations and then the sort of speakers of the program is the people from our community so the vcs and startups and there's been some actually uh really great feedback for that program what comes to of course um accelerating the employees mm -hmm. but also when we bring these the local Uh, startups and VCs from the house uh, to kind of like give them sessions on, you know, how they found product market fit or what are the key metrics that the investors are looking into when investing into a B2B SaaS company. Um, there's been some really great matchmaking also between these uh, parties during the program because we like to also bring startups who are relevant for that corporation uh, mm. in itself to the session. And there's been some some good collapse uh, coming out of that. Nice. Um, so I think those are great examples of how we can, you know, create value for um, both parties and ensure that, you know, everybody hmm. has a like win, win, win situation out of these uh, programs and events that we're running with the programs. Yeah. Um, 
And then we have the service providers who are giving sort of like um, expertise clinics on various topics related to funding and legal stuff uh, for and, our and community members. And the model members. there, I assume, is, is uh, pretty much a, a very cheap or free offer in the beginning. Uh, and then the hope um, of these partners, of course, that these companies become the next Skype, Spotify or Supercell and, and then um, remain their customers. Uh, that's at least the, the idea with, with many of them. Um, Absolutely. But there we also like to sort of like select the service provider mm. in, uh, in who are being accepted as part of the service provider network. So mm. for because there's still like very small partnerships in that sense that yep. it's not a large ticket compared then to the, the corporate partners. Yep. But it's more about, you know, having a selected trusted network of advisors who mm -hmm. can support the startups uh, for free, whether mm. it comes to, you know, understanding better about finances yep. or, you know, legal mm. IPR stuff etc um, so there we like to be be very selective and yeah it's been a proof of concept uh, for sure <laughs> for the last two years that we've been uh, working but that but I think yeah again it's again bringing right people together at the right place who really needs that support at that time and you know they get the the support they need to make even better businesses and grow in that sense but then the last sort of like stakeholder which yes. was re uh, related to the ecosystem players yeah. which i think is um you know a, a very interesting stakeholder group of maria zero one so who's an ecosystem player who are we sort of like favoring etc because a lot of organizations applying to maria zero one who are not startups can mm. sort of like be intact as ecosystem player whether it's you know doing some sort of consultancy or doing some events where they're bringing um, startups or investors mm -hmm. together, etc. cetera. Uh, but it's actually an interesting conversation that we've been having for the last months or so with our team internally, because we've been seeing that this amount of ecosystem players applying to be part of Maria Zero One has been, yeah. you know, going to the roof. Uh, but still, we obviously want to ensure that the largest stakeholder group of our community is and are the startups uh, and VCs. Um, so at the moment, we've been really thinking of what are the ecosystem players that we like to sort of favor uh, in terms of uh, approving them to the community. And talent is obviously something that has been a hot topic uh, in the Nordics for the last five years already. Yeah. Um, so I think like our latest note on that was to sort of like focus on ecosystem players then that are somehow working uh, with talent, whether it's about attracting talent to Finland or the Nordics or, uh, you know, being student organizations that are the talent in itself and are, are kind of like, you know, organizing relevant events for the students, but the startups as well, um, etc. So that is sort of like an interesting topic and something we've been figuring out lately, like, who are the ones that we should favor at this moment? Because as mentioned, the application of ecosystem players is is growing all the time. I mean, that, that in itself probably would be an interesting podcast episode to, to do about why is that, why are there so many um, ecosystem players coming up that want to increase this kind of innovation? And that's also a good sign that I, I have more, um, more people to talk to for this series, I guess. Um, one thing I wanted to quickly come back to was was this notion of, of course, meeting people, right? You you talked a lot about we bring people together, we we make people meet, they meet at the lobby, they meet at the restaurant. You no, know, there there has been this thing um, 
this this year, <laughs> this past year, that made it kind of difficult for people to meet. Um, so, so how have you adjusted to that? Did you see any changes of behavior? Did everything move online? Could you still be that physical hub in a way, or you know, how could you still connect people, even though the physical connection might have been, um, you know, less this year? Excellent question. Um, when COVID hit like Finland and we went into a lockdown in, in beginning of March, mm. um, I'd say in general, we were to some extent pretty naive of like going on the first day of lockdown to being like, yes, we'll be back to the office in a week yeah. to actually during that week, yeah. realizing that, okay, things might turn out really bad and we might be sitting in our home offices still, uh, you know, later in the fall as well. Mm-hmm. And obviously as our business model works that, uh, you know, a lot of the, the, the revenues coming from the, from us renting the offices and the, the memberships, uh, in the house, uh, we were of course somewhat worried what's going to happen. Uh, mm-hmm. to the memberships in, in the community, etc. But as we are renting the space from the city of Helsinki, uh, what the city actually decided to do was to, to you know, ensure that people or organizations that are renting from the city, they will not have to pay rent for the next three months. Okay. Which was like Excellent. <laughs> a big thing. It was a yeah. big thing for us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So a lot of the companies didn't, um, you know, sign off their contracts with us, et cetera, and, and yeah. were kept in the community. So that was a, a big relief for us mm. and made us, you know, really survive until summer. And summer was, uh, to some extent, still really good, the situation COVID-wise uh, in Helsinki. So that was a, a big thing uh, for us. Um, and once we went into lockdown, we were really figuring also out, okay, what do we need to do to ensure that the startups uh, are going to survive? Mm. Not Maris one itself, but we want to prioritize the startups and our members. What is it that they need uh, in order to, you know, stay alive themselves and, you know, mm-hmm. get through this situation together? And we put most of our events actually on hold then. So we didn't do any virtual or hybrid uh, events, but rather focused on giving, you know, Uh, one-on-one sessions with people who mm-hmm. could help them, uh, whether it's related to, you know, mentoring or funding, etc. So provide, you know, people who could could support and give them uh, advice on the way. Another thing that we also initiated, which we're actually still running, um, was weekly uh, calls with the CEOs and founders in mm-hmm. the community. Okay. So it was a one-hour call uh, every Friday, Uh, where we had uh, a lot of our startup members joining to listen, but also to give some advice of some sort of, you know, funding application they had filled in, uh, et cetera, uh, or giving tips on where to apply mm. for more money. Uh, and sort of like we wanted to open up the peer network and, yeah. you know, yeah. ensure that people are connected. They have a place uh, where they can talk, you know, tell about their worries Or even tell about their success cases of how they, you know, turn their their sales to go, you know, back up again. All right. I, I guess we got to wrap it up. But to, to, as a last question to you, um, to, thinking about the future, what makes you excited uh, thinking about Mariesia One, uh, about your future, about your expansion, about the things that come uh, are coming next? Uh, what are you looking forward to and what should we keep an eye out for? 
That's a big question. Um, <laughs> but what makes me excited, it's always good people and great teams and bringing people together. So I think I'm very at the right place at the ro- right mm. moment and working with something that I truly love and believe in. Yeah. And what comes to the future of Maria Zero One, we're still fairly young, around like four years. Yeah. Uh, Toddler, no, not maybe toddler, but kiddo still. Yeah. But we're doing really well and we have some exciting plans. And I can't wait to have, you know, see the community grow and having even more relevant stakeholders uh, as part of the community and, and, you know, putting Finland and the Nordics even largely uh, on the global uh, tech map. So yeah. that makes me really excited. <laughs> Awesome. Um, I I look I really look forward to that. And and I mean, thank you so much for for your insights. I think it was uh, a good overview, and we learned a lot about Finland, about culture, about yeah. I mean, not only Marie Zero One, but also what what is happening happening around that. So thank you so much for for your insights, and uh, thank you for your time. And talk to you soon. Thank you for having me. What can we take away from this episode? Community seems to be key for innovation and the rise of the Finnish entrepreneurship scene. And that in multiple ways. First, the community is what got the new startup revolution started in the first place. While foundations, as well as the city of Helsinki, set the vision and provided the funds, it were bottom-up and oftentimes student-led groups that built Slush and Maria 01. And community continues to be the main success factor by opening doors to investors, corporates, service providers, as well as other ecosystem partners. And even after the startups grow out of Maria 01, they remain part of the community and pay it forward. Why is this sense of community so strong? Collaboration is part of the Nordic DNA, because without helping each other, there would be no chance of competing on a world stage, given their size. You just listened to the Nordic Innovation Lab with me, Elias Weike. Tune in next Wednesday when we continue to explore the secrets behind the Nordic success in promoting innovation and entrepreneurship. Cheers. <laughs>